And welcome to another All Japan Women Destiny podcast. It is episode 40. I am JD. You are Kay, back with me for another Kay. one. Yeah. Yeah, exciting. exciting. Host of the Big Egg Joshi podcast. I am host yeah. of the Red League Retrocast. You join me on that. You have opinions. <laughs> I have many opinions. Some of them that are a little more a little more spicy than others. <laughs> yeah, uh, on, on occasion. So on this <laughs> on this episode of the classics, All Japan Women, it's the uh, follow-up from the Grand Prix of 1990. It's Manami Toyota having her title match against Bonacano. Boy, was she not ready. <laughs> no, she wasn't. But I don't think that entirely mattered in this case. I think they knew she wasn't ready. But at least you established her as a, someone who could challenge for the belt. So you, you built foundation that they obviously capitalize on later so i think that was the future capital in this move was much smarter in hindsight i mean it ended up working out in the end that's for sure uh but they kind of uh, followed up on this uh, followed up with manami toyota the following month which we'll get into with episode 41 where she faces akira hokuto who's coming back from injury uh suffered in the grand prix so only a couple months out for no one month out no Two. Yeah, yes, no, I was no, correct. No, there was, no, it was only, no, it was no, only two was months out. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Only two months out for Akira Hokuto. I, I spit it out eventually. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, either way, no matter how many months it was, it was clear that she wasn't ready at that point. <laughs> she came back a little earlier than she probably should have. Yeah. Uh, just to I, reiterate. You know, you know, you, oh, go ahead, go ahead. For the podcast proper, Red Leaf Retrocast is what this is a spinoff of. Where we go over all Japan women uh, retro on each and every episode comes out every couple weeks. We just do like doing a little follow up here on this feed. Maybe we have some extra thoughts. Maybe we can provi- provide more insight, and we get to make all the plugs, <laughs> such yeah. as our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RedLeafRetroCast. K, you do the awesome. JD, Star JD Star reviews. I do LLPW reviews, which are getting quite fascinating since I've entered the cross promotional era. Just, I'm glad yours is getting fascinated. Mine, mine went to an anniversary show that was, well, go listen to the audio. Yeah. So mine's mine's much more fun, but we are very proud of the Joshi 2010 reviews that you can get on any tier that you sign up for. We're going, going through the Joshi uh, generation coming out of the Dark Ages, and boy, is it more relevant now than ever with the current scene oh, going through. I've seen... Uh, I've seen... Uh, metaphors of like joshi ragnarok i've been using the scorched earth <laughs> technique out of like scorched world war Two. ragnarok what the fucking world's ending jesus fucking christ it is for a lot of these promotions we have uh, nanai takahashi leaving the promotion she founded <laughs> not the first time or the last time i assure you yeah there's a there's a lot of movement a whole promotion closed down wrestling operations another one had a major exodus uh, everyone's starting like produce groups, uh, which has its positives and negatives uh, to it. But I guess it's good for the wrestlers and getting bookings. Um, hopefully, in I the think long also run. for for the small promotions, it might be good for them as well financially because you're not booking one person; you're booking the group. It means you're spending less to fill out a card. Sounds like you're touting the uh, reformation and up and coming wave to come back to fruition. Honestly, given the fact that they were the first ones to start that sort of cycle of doing things before this whole thing happened, I think they're making it out ahead in a weird way that I don't know if I like entirely. I don't know, man. If if Pro Wrestling Wave, of all companies, was to kind of come out of the fire through all this and be the promotion it was in the early 2010s... That'd be a hell of a story. It'd be a hell of a story, and it'd be a lot of fun, too. 
Because we're oh, watching, yeah, because yeah, we're watching Wave on those 2010s journey, and it's a fun promotion. Somebody who recently watched some modern Wave, you can still feel the heart in Wave there, which is, makes me makes me sad if they died because the heart of Wave is like very fun and almost in the same vein as Ice Ribbon in a way, where it's just it's like you have your serious stuff, but you have a goofy sort of family friendly kind of we all love each other sort of deal, and I kind of like that in a way. With my with my smaller Joshi companies, if Stardom starts doing that at their at their scale, I'm gonna start looking at them sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I think I think if they play their cards right, they might be the ones coming out ahead on this. Which is funny when you when you think about my prediction from last year when I said that they were gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if you if you if you can't uh, evolve with if you can't evolve your discussion with the uh, with what's actually happening in the scene, then. Why even have a podcast? Why do it? But here, hey, a change. Speaking of changing, man, it can be Tori Sue. Is, how about that? How about that as a follow up to the fucking previous tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking shoot boxing match. It's really bad. Yeah, attendance is down uh, significantly. So, of course, with UWF gaining a lot of popularity in Japan, as well all, as UFC uh, fighting, like Ultimate Fighting. Yeah, all Japan women were like, shit, shoot boxing would be cool, or kickboxing, and. Street fights. Whatever you want to call that that Kamitarusu was doing. God damn it. Bat Yoshinaga and her dumb... Well, she's not Bat yet, but she will be. Uh, she's Don't their, worry, she will be. They're having dumb kickboxing matches. We got a martial arts street fight between Kong and Medusa, which, by the way, really significant match in the history of Aja Kong in kind of getting that first major step forward in her eventual uh, winning of the 3WA title. Medusa yeah. was the one that kind of looked like she triggered a lot of this. How cool! I think in a weird way, I think Medusa was just uh, the con was just the the person on the other side of the ring. But I think this match did a good job of establishing Aja Kong as the bitch that takes no prisoners and destroys everything around her. Because I mean, that's what she does in this match. She comes yeah. out with GI Kong, fucking camo and face paint. And I, I mean, this was this was good. It was good. I mean, it wasn't a good match entirely. Uh, but I don't think it needed to be. It needed to be a, a shitstorm where you just tossed weapons at each other, which was that big. Well, we didn't mention this in the last episode of the during the Grand Prix, but notably, Aja Kong and Bison Kimura were not in the Grand Prix. Uh, it had to be by yeah. design, since they had clearly a goal of Hota and Hokuto there. But why Bison wasn't in it to just make it a round of eight seems very strange. I think it's yeah, it seems I, very odd. I think it's because it was just a one-night little tournament. I mean, that could have been it. I mean, you want to fill out the rest of the card. It's, I mean, just look at how the Cinderella tournament used to be. You needed some kind of matches at the bottom. Otherwise, every match is the tournament match. And sometimes right. that kind of has issues with it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Very sad. I, I really... Uh, if there's... Here's, here's a question. What two wrestlers... And if you have a third, that's fine, too. What two wrestlers on this journey from the 80s and into the 90s so far have you kind of gravitated towards that weren't kind of at that top? So I'm, I'm talking Manami Toyota, Bolnakano, Aja Kong, like not them. Who really did you gravitate Grizzly. or learn? Grizzly, Grizzly? Omoto. Grizzly's one. Anybody else? I fucking, I fucking loved her to kick shit with the two uh, Kendo sticks. Uh, Bison. But I think that we don't we're not see that currently in the journey, but that eventually becomes her fate. A bison would be one other one. Yeah, bison kind of doesn't quite break out until 1990, but she has a much more subtle breakout because she's with Aja Kong and the split of 
uh, Goku and Toe. Yeah, but it seems like that team was more all about getting Kong established, which we see, and less about Bison. It seemed like much like their sort of tag team form that they had back in the day, where it's like you have the team, and then you have the one person in the team that's actually the one you want to push as a single star. That was a good model they had. I think the only time they ever lucked out and both were stars was obviously Crush Gals. Sure. But that's that's sort of the model they go with, which is a smart model, uh, but... It kind of makes it obvious who the Genetti is in the group. I honestly hate that comparison <laughs> so much because there. I, I, I don't like it either, a, but it's 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 just a universal way of comparing it. So that's no, no, why because I'm it's it's it. a it's a fe, it's a fed comparison in which it implies that one of those is a failure and the other is going to be a success. And Bison Kimura is far from a failure uh, in 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 this tag team. It's only in the Fed where it's where it's this just foregone conclusion that if there's going to be a tag team, only one of them is going to be successful. I hate that so much. we got to come up with a new one. Well, I mean, you come up with a new one that catches on. Because it's How about the Jungle Jack one? One's going to be the main eventer, and the other is going to win like the Intercontinental title. Like, nobody's, ever, nobody's ever going to use that comparison. Uh, so we can I, use it. Sure, sure we can, but I feel like for the average listener who kind of wants to get the okay, comparison... the average listener of us will understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you're right, maybe, but for the straight listener that comes across this, <laughs> that comparison is, is, is not accurate. That's why I don't like using it either, because it's not entirely accurate when you say the Genetti of the group, because sometimes the, quote, Genetti of the group actually is pretty successful too. But it's it's like the, the shorthand of saying... not successful in any way. No, no, but I'm saying the Genetti of the group, who you refer to as the Genetti, in this case, Bison, is actually kind of successful in her own way. She's not a complete failure, which is why I don't like using the compare. I don't like the comparison on its own, but since it's such an easy shorthand that most people, most wrestling fans, will understand. I declare that you are forbidden. Das ist verboten. You must never use it again. It has been decreed. Come up with a better one than Jungle Jack. Come up with one that's a little bit easier for everybody who doesn't just listen to our Joshi section to understand. What's what's the requirement? Does it have to be a Fed team? It has to be a team that at least most people would know. You're fucking sus. Uh, Rick Steiner. There you go. Rick Steiner of the group. The Steiner brothers? <laughs> I like that one. That yeah, kind of works. Scott's yeah, that kind of works in the same way. Which one becomes yeah. the TV champion? Which one becomes the crazy main eventer? Yeah. yeah well, we'll become, I will go with the Steiner brothers. <laughs> there you go. Hey, look at me. I figured that one out. I corrected the issue. There you I go. like it. I like it. I will. We will go with the Steiner brothers because they were a New Japan team. They were a WCW team. They were a Fed team. I like it. And obviously, you got Big Papa Pump, and I mean, he's your hookup. So Aja Kong is the Scott Steiner of the group, and Bison Kimura is the Rick Steiner. <laughs> I love that comparison. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. It works. I mean, Aja Kong's crazy. I don't know if she's Scott Steiner crazy, but she's crazy too. So that works. I don't know. I don't. Eh, maybe Aja Kong's cut some pretty pre, pr- pretty crazy promos in her time. <laughs> we wouldn't know because we don't speak Japanese. <laughs> but you know, I like to, I like to think that she you know talked about you know rednecks and whatever in hometowns. All right. So from this day forward, the Steiner brothers. Who is the Scott Steiner of the group? And who's the Rick Steiner? <laughs> Done. Well, all right. I guess you'll listen to the original audio. This was kind of goofy and fun. Uh, oh, I didn't answer my own question. Uh, uh, the 80s was Yumi Ogura, obviously, uh, Nora Tateno, and then uh, Bison, Bison Kimura so far in the 90s. I absolutely love her. I feel like anyone who's listened to us for a significant amount of time knows Tateno and Ogura. You didn't even have to say them. The people already filled them in. Yeah, and each generation, I'm kind of like getting a new one, the next one. <laughs> yeah, the next mid-carter. <laughs> Bison Kimura got the All-Pacific title, and so did Tateno. 
thank you very much. What what's the what's the all specific title again? Remind you, uh, <laughs> Enjoy the original audio. Okay, it's the retro section of the podcast. Is it our favorite time of the year? <laughs> well, half of it is at least. I would say two thirds of this one was pretty damn good. Got the old Japan Better women. Show. Got New Japan through the 90s. We're in 1995. We're finishing out the Tokyo Dome. And then we got 99 Nitro. Oh, boy. Sounds so enthusiastic. Look, man, exciting times until the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the theme of the retro section. It's like, oh, yeah, it starts off on a high, then it goes to depression. Yes, yes. All Japan Women Classics, episode 40. All of these matches took place at the Kakato main event, uh, or that's what it was called, at Oda Ward. Which is ironic, because Stardom's about to run there uh, in the coming months. In April, actually. It's going to be where the big B Pursue Tommy match is going to be. Yeah. So this took place July 21st, 1990. We began this... Sh well, we should remind everybody of a certain tournament that just came to a close, the Japan Grand Prix, in which uh, we witnessed Hokuto go down by blowing out her knee, and that caused Toyota to basically make it all to the finals and beat Hota, and she gets a red belt title shot, and here we are. Yeah, yeah definitely a, a big turn of events that happened there. Definitely didn't go according to plan if you just watch the matches. No, and at the same time, Aja Kong has lost the All-Pacific title, the White Belt, due to DQ, uh, and then Suzuka Manami vacated the title because she did not want to win the title via those means, so there is no All-Pacific champion at this current time. Once again, it's been like, what, less than a year, and they vacated it once again? Yes, it is the second year in a row the title has been vacated, and uh, there is seemingly no person uh, that we can kind of pinpoint whom is going to take that title next. Uh, you can assume it's going to be Suzuka Minami in some sort of match or maybe a mini tournament or what have you uh, against possibly someone that could beat her. We had a theory at the end of the Grand Prix that there's no way Manami Toyota is going to win the red belt in this time oh, in no, 1990. No no no. Oh, no, no, no. Much too soon. Yeah. Bold Nakano is uh, the top dog. <laughs> the queen. To be, to be very frank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, one's, no one's beaten her anytime soon. So I had a theory that it was going to be Manami Toyota losing to, uh, to, to not to Aja Kong, to Bold Nakano. And then it would be Suzuka Minami versus Minami Toyota, kind of carrying on that feud that we saw late last year, early this year in 89-90. Uh, because remember, they did have that match where we were kind of confused who the crowd was cheering for. And so this could be a push for Minami Toyota to reach the next stage of her career. Uh, going on to what's looking like a very successful 1990 for her. I think you I think we might be right on that one right on the head with that actually I mean I'm not gonna look it up but I, I have a feeling that's exactly where they end up going with it well you can tell by the booking right 
Right, right, definitely. And it would make sense to give it to her at this point because she's already gained popularity and traction. And I mean, you don't have anyone else in that spot. You already had Aja. Suzuka Minami is not someone that I think they want to necessarily build around, right? Like, she's talented. But I think Minami Toyota is the one the crowd is really getting behind, especially when we watch this bowl match. Um, so I think that makes more sense. Hey, you're sure shit not putting on Hota at this point. No, I mean, shit, if they would have wanted to push Hota to even that level, I feel like they would have already. No, they definitely tried to get her to that level, and the fans just went no. I also believe at this point in time, Nishiwaki has retired, or she's very close to it. So that leaves uh, Hokuto and Minami of the Marine Wolves, and now Hota without a partner. So that's kind of explaining why Tateno is in the role of Hota's partner on this show. Yeah, because that wouldn't, like, if you even look at the, the teams, that one doesn't make any sense because those two have never really had that kind of interaction with each other to even be a team. So it's definitely a very thrown-together team. Yeah. And based on their previous, uh, I guess, <laughs> kickboxing match or what have you, Medusa and Aja Kong are... They're in the Aja Kong push-to-the-mountain role, uh, fast and furious. They want to get her up there. She is, I think, along with Manami Toyota, the two people uh, on the rise at their highest peaks. And you kind of had the feeling Hokuto was on her way there, but unfortunately with her and her injuries, she has uh, suffered yet another setback in her career. Right, and I mean, Jesus Christ, we talk about that at Kong Medusa match. Fucking both of them looked fucking like they were trying to go into a junkyard and scrap. I have a lot of notes for that match. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, let's not waste any more time. I think we've set set the card. We've set the story. Our first match is a kickboxing match. Akemi Torisu versus Eriko Yoshinaga. Bat Yoshinaga, I believe. And uh, this Akemi person. Okay. Dear God. She is uh very large. I think that's being a little generous. <laughs> While we were watching this in our Discord, I believe we uh we all called her the human equivalent of a fall guy or even Kirby. <laughs> I think I called her I think I at first I tried to call her Butterbean because Jesus Christ, she's big, but then she got gassed going to the ring. So I feel like that's not an apt comparison. Yeah. So you don't think I see Butterbean get gassed walking to the ring. That is exactly in my notes. Blown up, getting to the ring, just the round out shape of a person. Uh and this was unbelievably poor. <laughs> oh, it was like Everything you do when you're not trying to like do a be a good fighter, right? She had her back turned to her. Her guard was barely up at any point. Her strikes were like flailing. Like she was flailing. I don't think she ever connected with anything. The oh entire yeah. Fight. She turtles up. She gets scared. Zero skill. I'm gonna be honest. As bad as this was, it's absolutely hysterical because of how bad it is. Why would you put a kickboxing match together with someone who doesn't know how to fight? It's 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 something straight out of uh, that shit Russo put together in WWF. Oh, oh, you mean the brawl for all that yes. I watched as a child and hated because I thought it was stupid. That's what this reminded me of. <laughs> you know the funniest part? This Akemi chick? 
She becomes a regular part of their MMA division. Oh god! Did you know, did you know AEW had an MMA, MMA division, right? They they had one of those and a belt for it. Yeah, I'm sure it was defended uh, high on shows with lots of title changes and drew a lot of money. <laughs> oh, just quite the jokester. <laughs> so Akemi gets clocked four times at least. Uh, then on the we'll go with the fifth. She just simply gets kicked to her leg and then she just collapses and goes, ouch. She falls. The ref finally just goes, all right, we've had enough. Yoshinaga, you win. Let's get out of here. Let's go home. <laughs> Funniest part is, is when we're watching this, but through my head, I'm like, if, if she was a normal sized chick, she'd have been knocked out by now. She's not getting knocked out because she's just so fat. She has all the extra cushion around her head. She's taking these because she, she took quite a few stiff shots to the head repeatedly. Stiff shot said, and I'm like, this chick has got it. Like, she had her back turned to her and got clocked like three times in the back of the head. I'm like, there's no way you're you don't have a concussion at this point. Yeah, this was uh, this was quite awful. Marine Wolves, Hokuto and Manami versus Yumiko Hota and Norio Tateno. So a month has passed since Hokuto blew out her knee in the in the Grand Prix, and yet here she is hobbling with a heavily padded and taped-up knee, despite the clear injury in favoring, this was not selling. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, this turned out to be, somehow, a well-worked back-and-forth tag match with everybody getting their stick in. It was quite amazing <laughs> how good this was. Yeah, and so one of the things that, uh, after we got done watching this and I was reminded about the next day, I wanted to look something up because I felt like she had to be on some kind of painkillers, right? There's no way she's wrestling in that ring. And do you know, at this point in Japan, painkillers and sports were heavily, heavily frowned upon. Oh, good. So she's no, just you, wrestling you through searing pain in her knee. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. Like maybe ice packs, maybe a nice bath. Some maybe some warming pads, something they're using whenever she like stops wrestling. Oh no! But no, she's like going in full raw. No painkillers. No nothing. No nothing. No no. <laughs> I can see why the character change into Dangerous Queen comes. She just slowly loses her mind. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Due idea. Due to the pain, that. this is the this is this is the head cannon I'm going with right now. This is the genesis of the Dangerous Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, girl... I think it's sad. Yeah. I think it's sad. Because no, like she has to, she has to do this. She has to do this, otherwise she gets replaced. She gets replaced, and she possibly loses her job. <laughs> Just even crazier when we remember the on the Stardom show, her exact words on commentary, where she thinks that this generation of Joshi wrestlers is going to be better than her generation because they don't have to worry about things that she had to worry about, and this is one of those things. This is definitely Despite one of those being replaced. things. So my girl Tateno here, Suzuka Minami, also looked to be the best in this match. Tateno in tag matches clearly works way faster for her. Uh, tags out after hitting her fast, huge moves that she does, because she's all explosion, right? And as we've seen in her singles matches, they don't have that same explosion because the notes in between all the strikes are very much kind of just holds on the ground, uh, it's got to, and, and she's got to work up to those explosive moves. Well, in a tag match, she's able to just immediately hit those moves and tag out. So everything feels fresh when Tateno gets in. So Tateno being a tag wrestler is her strength. Who knew the jumping bomb angel was good at tag matches? <laughs> right. I think she, I think the, the word I'd use for that, she's a good hot tag. 
that's what she that's why that's why she's such a good tag wrestler because she does really good at the hot tag spots yeah and that's more or less what her offense is right it's just the explosions in and out of the ring yeah in betweens uh, Suzuka Manami was very much the same, but still can't help heading to the ground for a good old lockup to just kill that flow. So, uh, still very much a a uh, match killer for Manami going forward. She uh, she can't quite keep keep the crowd with this kind of structure. Hota did some kicks yeah. while Hokuto again, despite the knee, was still able to pull through many of her offense, including the winning top rope dropkick and pinning Hota. So the in- injured person pins the, the the kicker. Hota didn't do much here. Uh, no, but what she did do was, Jesus Christ, the willpower. And you can look at her face. She didn't look like she was selling the pain. She tried, I think, her best to not let it show that she was probably dying inside from how much it hurt. Well, uh, Hota and Tateno did an excellent job avoiding her hurt leg throughout all the offense. I think, uh, unfortunately, because of that, they were also uh, getting around her neck a lot more because they weren't able to kind of flat flatten everything out. And Hokuto, when you look at her do some suplexes, she's doing this on one leg. It's what she's doing. Oh, it's very clear. And the camera's trying not to show it. Too, right, right. They're always, they're, always on the, they're always showing a camera on the opposite side of the hurt leg. So, uh, good match despite all that. Martial arts street fight. Aja fucking Kong versus Medusa Maselli, Queen Tennessee over here. <laughs> so, yes, uh, back in May of 1990, these two had a kickboxing match, and this was the built-up rematch, heavily built up, at least the anticipation of this rematch, uh, due to the indecision of the outcome previously. Badass music for Medusa. As she, com- as she comes out. We thought it was Aja Kong's music. It was so badass. We did. We did. And then she comes out looking like scrap trailer, tra- like trailer trash wrestling fighter. Like had the fucking cut up jeans with the sparkles. With the fucking shirt and the denim jacket and everything. People thought she was from Tennessee. Like just straight from like the boonies of Tennessee about to fight somebody. Yeah. Hopped up Tennessee girls in my notes. Uh, <laughs> also Sarah Connor like. And that would kind of match the time as well. <laughs> she had freaking cowboy boots on. Cowboy-like boots, at least. Meanwhile, oh, yeah. G.I. Kong came out to Amanda kiss. Kong. I love it out loud. <laughs> being carried. Commander Kong. Commander Kong over here. I love it out loud. Being carried on a platform as she wears the G.I. Joe commando gear. Rev it up, baby. <laughs> I, listen, I gotta paint a picture for this one. These people are carrying her on a like a flat platform. She's not sitting. She's not leaning. She is straight fucking standing, asserting her dominance. She got the, the spread legs, the arms to her side. Like Jesus Christ, Aja Kong is like a freaking badass boss. That's Final Boss Kong. And she hasn't hit Final Boss Kong yet, but she looked like Final Boss Kong. Did oh, she not? We are seeing the evolution and. If we're to compare, this is kind of the slow evolution we saw Bull Nakano go through. Exactly, because we got the um, the freaking Bull Nakano coming in with the murder and the blue face, the gray right. face. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love it when it's a special show, a special fight, 
something special, and the wrestlers in AJ, AJW always seem to have some sort of big gear change and some extravagant entrance, especially for the heels uh, when they're making their, their grand appearance for a big fight. Uh, more of this, please, in the modern era. There's definitely not a lot of that. Oh, yeah, no, I think the closest we get is, like, Julia or something changing her jacket to, like, the big-time jacket whenever she comes out for her big matches. She has the two jackets. She has, like, the black kind of, like, normal sleeveless, the big shoulder pads, the cape. Yeah, the I, I, I guess... the closest it, we get to it. Yeah, I guess, in, I mean, we do see it quite often in, in Ice Ribbon with a lot of the big yeah, main eventers. Sukasa uh, did it recently when she was about to win the title. Suzu had a big gear change when she was about to win the title. Uh, Maya, when she was about to lose the title, had a big queen queen getup. It's a, it's always good. Ace queen, yeah, ace queen. I think I think uh, I think with entrances, right? I think the closest I can think of to like a change specifically for a special entrance, uh, Sukasa Fujimoto with the angel wing gear or angel wing uh, oh, cape yeah. that she busts out like maybe once a year, maybe. That's like the closest I can think of, at least. So where are we in my notes? Ah, yes. Ah, yes. They both tag each other hard in the face in the intros, and then they go to blows. Obviously, Kong is not trained in boxing, while Medusa, I guess, has some basics. It's enough to make a difference. Uh, Medusa is getting cheers from the crowd, so she is clearly top gaijin. And number two, I'm going to say it. She's number two in the company right now. Is she Ichiban Gaijin? Uh, yes. She would be Ichiban Gaijin uh, female. <laughs> <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase that Beep recently likes to use. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm going to say that now. I was like, ah, oh, yes, Beep Priestley is the AJW equivalent of Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. She's Ichiban Gaijin Medusa. <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think Medusa definitely has a lot more star power than old B. Well, well, yes, yes, that goes without saying, but it's funny because she's Ichiban Gaijin, and we're just saying Medusa's Ichiban Gaijin AJW. I'm like, ah, all the equivalence is that previously it's just Medusa. I suppose. You always got to have the big Gaijin star at some point. Uh, Medusa getting streamers here in her intro. Very cool to see. Uh, you don't see a lot of Gaijins that get streamers these days in the Joshi wrestling. Nonetheless, here we are, Medusa's top star, and they have a boxing fight for a bit. Yeah, they kind of go to the ground. Kong gets one super hard back fist in early, rocks Medusa. She looks, she she ends up holding her cheek for like the rest of the match for this, and uh, she got hit hard. Right, because if you look at the, I remember watching it, it wasn't the back fist that hit her, the fist didn't hit her, the forearm. Ah, uh, it's even worse. Her side, like like the, the close to the elbow. I don't think it was the exact elbow, but like the forearm portion next to the elbow. Yeah, clocked her real hard in the jaw. I think she knocked her jaw out of place. That's very possible. Medusa gets her cute little cowboy boots off. Hits Kong with him. Always like a good uh, Von Erich type spot there. Uh, assuming they have shoes on. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Finally, after ten minutes, they spill outside. Kong takes her boots off too. We're going shoeless. <laughs> Medusa gets shoved in the front rows, laying on fans. Kong shoves a giant wooden table on her. She don't care about no fans. Kong mad. <laughs> Just collateral damage. You paid money. You wanted this. So she also hits her with a chair for good measure while she's just on all these people. Uh, not a hot match from the crowd reaction. 
uh, once it got going. That that kind of sh shocked me uh, because of the entrances and everything. So Kong is still not quite over. They're not quite binary yet as a main eventer, but this is why you have those matches because it will get people to buy into you being a big deal. But it def I, I think wonder, it also I says I, I think it also says something more about the MMA shoot shit that's going on right now. I was just about to say that. But it's because they were dead for the MMA match. They already got one of those. And the fans at this point are not reacting very well to those at all. But I think this being uh, a more... Like, they had boxing gloves on. I think that was the mistake. I think if you had them come out and do this, but maybe give them smaller gloves to make it a little bit less obvious that it's a boxing match. Or they just have tight fists. Right, but I feel like you could get away with some of the shots. Like, maybe uh, modern-day MMA gloves. But that might be a little dangerous too. But uh, were they I even like around in this era? I don't know. Like the fingerless. Oh, I have no, I have I no idea. I don't think so. I don't think so. That would have been smarter than what they did because when they come out with those gloves on, the fans I think are preconditioned to see, oh, this is just going to be a uh, shitty kickboxing fight. Because yeah. they popped for some of the spots, but they didn't pop for the kickboxing spots. Well, it's funny you mention that because right after this and they get back in the ring, they do actual wrestling maneuvers and the crowd finally pops. So right. let that be a lesson. Shoot fighting bullshit in wrestling doesn't work. It's never worked. Can't think of a single time where it's actually worked. Yeah, uh, yeah there's like low key that tries to incorporate certain things. Uh, there's a few other wrestlers. Hashimoto. The, the thing is, if you're going to do this, you have to actually like, you have to work in knockouts into their matches for it to be more for people to buy into it at least a little bit so they can suspend their dis disbelief. This is just coming I, across as a fake kickboxing match and it's lame. I mean that's that's I'm not really saying like more like the style like a wrestler comes in and they're their in-ring wrestling styles like more strikes and kickboxing based like we see that with the striker wrestlers. That's that gets over, right? Right. I'm talking like MMA fights. Just implanting them somewhere in the card has never worked for any promotion. Right. Can't think of one that's ever worked for. The second Kong backfist back cracks Medusa's jaw hard for a second time. She goes down, and this is when Medusa actually starts to get an offensive flurry to save face because she's, she's hurting here. You can kind of tell. Gets a few good shots in on Kong, appears to rock her too, so we're kind of at a 28-29 round going here. Both are incredibly blown up at this point now. They need a break. <laughs> Ring the bell for the next round kind of situation. But really funny moment of Medusa out of nowhere, hitting a top rope drop kick in this sucker, and she goes for a pin out of instinct, and uh, the, ref is, yeah, the ref is like... Uh, Medusa, no, 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 girl, and she's like, "Oops." <laughs> oh, that's right. You could tell it's right of instinct because she immediately goes for it. She shoots for it immediately after hitting the drop kick. Yeah. It's like, oh boy, that wrestling training is getting away with this kickboxing, isn't it? So after all of this, didn't write down the time. I'm sure it went over 20 minutes. Uh, finally, so yeah, finally, did they do the worked finish with a big Kong haymaker and then a couple backfists to follow? Drops Medusa. She can't make the 10 count to get up. This was actually pretty fun for a good chunk of it all. Uh, even some boos came from the crowd afterward, but mostly silent in the entire arena. Kong not over yet, as we confirmed, but she is getting a monster push for sure. Step two complete. 
Right. It's it's funny because we made the comparison to Bonacano. Bonacano's push wasn't like this though. It was more violence and getting DQs and hurting like just straight murdering people, right? Kind of like almost like dumps sort of push up, right? Ah, yes. You kind of see an yeah. You see an evolution in the the trying to make the heel based on the heel prior. So dump made Dodge the base different. Yeah. Well, dump made the base. Bull went off the base, and then Bolded. they kind of yeah bolded, and then went into uh, the 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 entrances, the special matches for her with the nunchakus and you and now aja kong is doing that same now new baseline that's happening so little evolution right i i can't remember who but i feel like they tried to do a similar baseline like aja with another wrestler after aja and i don't remember it working yeah almost because they keep hota right because they they keep diluting it Yeah, yeah. They keep diluting like it, the it, formula. You can't you can't move away from the original baseline. You can evolve the baseline, but you need to keep the base, which they really got away from. So we'll see whom is next in line for the big monster heel push after Aja Kong. Right. Well, I think it's smart how they did with Aja because they didn't because Bulls was very close to dumps. Whereas Aja's isn't very close to Bulls at all. It's it's similar. It's like an adjacent thing, right? Instead of murdering people, she's shoot fighting, beating up people and looking like a tough badass. Well, that's Bulls that, right. Was that's her people. that's her evolved style from the 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 new baseline that Bull set. You right, get what I'm saying? Danger- yeah, because you could have da- gotten dangerously close to making Aja just another bull clone or another right, dumb. You don't want to do that. I didn't because I mean even nowadays when we think about them they they kind of have like a similar like physique and sort of face paint and craziness to them but they're both very much different and we all view them very different because they are very different. I wonder if Ky- Kyoko in a way is going to end up. I guess we'll see. No, no, no. We'll see. In a way, in a way, gets more of the ultimate warrior like kind of look and <laughs> well that I know becomes more of a becomes a giant baby face. Right. Thanks everyone heal. Three WA singles title. Here we are. Bull Nakano defending the title against the Grand Prix winner, Minami Toyota. So Blue Kano has returned here and is very tan. <laughs> really tan. And I made a comment. I said, I noticed something. Whenever somebody holds the red belt, they tend to get a tan. Well, yeah, they got that, that champion money. They got to go hang out on the beach, brah. Yeah, yeah, go fucking get tan lines and everything. Gotta go to the beach. Like, cause Asuka did it, Chigusa did it. I think Dump still did it. Well, this is well, 1990, Dump right? It, but like, yeah, I don't think Yakota did it. Oh, Yakota did do it actually. Oh yeah, just scratched that. It she did. You remember her? Wasami remember her did, time though. in Mexico? Come on. <laughs> right, right. I don't think Wasami did. It. I think that's the one I'm thinking that didn't mm. that didn't do it. But that was like the start of all of it. So I think Bull Nakano was hanging out with Miami Ozaki doing those record shoots. Oh, yeah, 1990, fucking go check out JWP episode over the Big Egg Joshi for that one. <laughs> Awkward photo shoots in a chair on the beach while kids play. Jesus, that was so funny. So weirdly enough, we are starting to hear women cheer for Bull Nakano in the crowd. So kind of a cool scene. Yeah. scene. She is. She needs to heal it up or she's going to go babyface here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she almost does go babyface at a certain point at this during her her push with the belt. Yeah, because she she was over with the women. It'd be kind of stupid at this point for you to try to turn away from that since how that was sort of uh, what got you to the dance to begin with. Uh, let's let's re- let's try to remember that thought as we go through 1990 here. Right. 
Toyota wearing a nice little white and pink leotard. Ooh. Yeah, my, my, my wife looks great. <laughs> as, as I've dubbed her. Listen, Minami Toyota's great. We haven't yet to see the, the black and pink awesome Minami Toyota. She also had a nice little jacket as she came to the ring, too. So she's definitely looking nicer for her big championship match, you know. Can't blame her. It's her big, it's her big uh, spotlight. Yeah, maybe she was watching some Cutie Suzuki, uh, and she's like, "I'm gonna do that." I mean, she could have been watching Cutie, but I feel like she was more uh, trying to do her own thing at this point. She's like, "I'm gonna be the the beauty pair." There you go, beauty pair. All right, what a stuff job this match was, along with Bull just ragdolling the jumpy Toyota. <laughs> I don't think she got any offensive flurry in at all. I think she got like maybe one or two moves she caught full with to kind of get the crowd to sort of pop for it, but she it was one-sided. Completely one-sided. It should have been at this point, really. Yes. Bull Nakano is on such a high pedestal that nobody can touch her. And the match was structured, and Bull Nakano is not old by any means. She's still in her early 20s. <laughs> right. So this is not a veteran spanking up a young up-and-coming star. This is young-ass Toyota who just who just kind of lucked, and, lucked into the finals and proved herself and happened to get a win there uh, in even kayfabe turns. So this match was basically the hope of Toyota trying to just pick a bone and get one over on Nakano. And slowly but surely, Toyota does get a hope spot in her two. Top rope dropkick, top rope plancha, but she inevitably gets stuffed some more and a big reversal from Toyota, uh, which ends up throwing Bull over the top to the floor. And this is when Toyota revs up. And she pulls a Tateno special. She runs and leaps over the top rope, and she gets her feet caught up on the top rope. Corkscrews to the floor, missing Bull completely. Crash and oh. burn, we start. <laughs> oh, Manami, Manami, Manami. Her big moment. Her big her one moment to probably shine in this match. Her big like, one thing that she'll have is she fucks it up. <laughs> I love what I'm doing. I promise you, she gets better. She doesn't crash and burn anymore after a while. Oh, Bull Nakano oh does not sell it for a second. She just gets back in the ring, big smile on her face. She's like, ah, ha, ha, missed me, bitch. Uh, more stuffing. One last hope spot for Toyota with a few Joshi roll-ups here and there and here again. And then finally, Bull murders. Close lines her neck, flipping Toyota inside out. What an amazing sell. What an amazing connection. Pins her off. Twice. Yeah, pins her off the shoulder powerbomb. Hot damn, that was a fun match. It was simple. Had a good little build to it. Uh, uh, build to the finish, at least. Having the young 19-year-old just simply, she's just simply not good enough yet, Kay. She'll get her time again someday. So I pose a question. So since we have a, a general idea that Kira Hokuto was supposed to be in the spot, do you think the same thing was going to happen to Hokuto? I don't think she was going to win, but definitely put up a better fight. <laughs> you see, I think she would have gotten the win, and they would have ran it back. Uh, mm. I think the way they were, the way they were building Hokuto, I got the feeling, because she also had female fans. 
So I got the feeling that we're going to try to Chigusa dump V2 this. Nah, I can't agree because they still went through with that white belt vacation. I think that was destined to be her her dig. Guess this was the plan I, I, all along, and Toyota was slotted in there, and it ended up getting her more over. I think by the end of it, I feel like the white belt vacation was them not still not knowing to do with the white belt. I think because that that white belt match happened after Hokuto got hurt, right? On the match card, no. That was the same night as the finals. So I wonder if that was not actually the plan for the white belt to begin with. I wonder if they were going to have it on Suzuka Minami. And then because Hokuto got hurt, had to change things around, right? Because I just don't... But they went with the DQ finish. Right, right. I think that you said this happened during the, like, up to the finals, right? The show the finals. So that would mean Minami, Hokuto had already happened by the time the white belt match had happened. Right. Mm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm not I, sure. I have this, it's I have it's this worth feeling. a thought. Sure. I, I have this yeah. feeling. I have this feeling that they were going to... Because at this point, we kind of have an idea of how they try to book things, right? So they, they're clearly trying to get that Chikusa dump to sort of formula, right? We're seeing that with everything on the card, with the Hota and how they're presenting... Hokuto and Bull and Aja and how they're being presented in different ways. I feel like because Hokuto was already having a bit of a female fan base that we were hearing, we were hearing in the audience, the female fans were behind her, right? I feel like her still having the short hair and kind of the tan look and how they were booking her going into it all, I feel like they were going to try to do the, the, the sort of dump Shikusa too. And they might have had her win the belt and then Bull to just beat her up and get it back. And then they just trade wins and continue to build a few like they did with Shikusa and Dump. It's, it's just a hunch on me watching all this as it happens. It's possible. I don't think I ever gave it thought beforehand. I don't think I ever gave that thought beforehand when I was just looking stuff up and reading about things. But watching it all unfold, I kind of get a feeling that they were going to try to go for that but because she got hurt. They just changed the plans for the white belt, right? And then change the, and then just have Minami get burnt because I feel like Minami was going to win the belt, white belt, at any point, anyways. But I feel like if Akira Hokuto was going to win the GP, I feel like they were going to go higher with her than just the white belt, given her the fact that she had female fans, something they're desperately trying to cling to at this point. They, like they are, they are in the, the need of making new stars. Too. You look, you might be on, you, you might be correct on that. You absolutely might be. Okay. That does it for the thought that I had yeah, watch, yeah. watching all of this. Well, that does it for AJW.